That, we welcome in the double trouble, the gruesome twosome. Badgers associate head coach for men's hockey, Mark Strobel, and the Badgers legend, Barry Richter. Good morning, boys. How we doing? Doing good, boys. What's going on? Good morning. Thanks for having us. Always. I got uh, Strobel. I switched it up. I got the doors again. We're going backdoor man. Just because, you know, last time it was Corey Hart's uh, Never Surrender. We're going with, <laughs> we're going with Mr. Mojo Rising, though. Because you go, we're rising up, we're rising back up, Strobel. I like that. I like, I like it. that. I like that. And there's nothing wrong with coming in the back door to win an NCAA championship either. You got it, my brother. All right, let's 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 just clear the air right here. Let's do it. Strobes, obviously you're riding high on winning. You know the regular season for the Big Ten. It was miraculous. It was incredible. Big Ten tournament starts. You guys make it to the championship game. Let's talk it through. I'm glad that you're on because I love I love when people come on through adversity and talk it through and you know mold people and bring them back up. So Strobes, take us through what happened in the unfortunate loss to the Minnesota Golden Gophers in the title game. Tell me, yeah, tell me well, what went through your mind. The brutal, honest part of it is, uh, you know, we're playing a decent game. I think we were a little bit, um, I don't want to say tight, but, you know, Minnesota came out, obviously, with vengeance from the sweep that we had up there. And I think if you pasted that on their locker room wall, uh, which probably most likely happened, you know, they wanted payback. And, and uh, you know, we make it 2-1 to one with six minutes left in the second period. And, you know, feeling better in the fact that if you can get out of that period down by a goal, you have a chance in the third for a good pushback. They were playing three and three nights. And then, um, you know, neutral zone face-off, we, we lose a draw. They go down and, and uh, you know, made a few plays. We did not, you know, play the body, I don't think, very well. And then they uh, throw one at the net, and now it's three to one. And then, again, the momentum just swung really fast and hard. And, um, you know, we, we couldn't correct it fast enough. But our D zone was not very good. I think everyone's accountable for that, including, you know, the coaches. And, and we got to own it. And, um, you know, again, I, I, there was just some, some six minutes of hockey there that cost us. And, and you learn from it for sure because going into the NCAA tournament, you can't have a bad six-minute uh, uh, run there. Your season's over. So we have to learn from it. I, I did like the pushback we had in the third period yeah. to get it to 5-4 and we kept coming back but it was too little too late against a good team like that they took a good time out there to slow things down when we made it 5-3 but you know again Minnesota I think the stats said if they score three or four goals or something like that they're 20-0 and so you know we just have to be better defensively as a team there's no question about it in our own end communicating sticks in lanes but more physical in our own end and, and buying in buying in yeah, uh, Mark Strobel joining us right now, Barry Richter as well. Barry, I'm going to get to you in one second. I asked Strobel another question here. Strobes, you are the ultimate motivator in that locker room, and everyone can sit around and feel sorry for themselves and yada, yada, yada. Well, after the game, what did Mark Strobel do to fire his boys up? <laughs> well, that's kind of Tony's job, too. I, I, I grab some individuals and communicate with them, but I think Tony's message again was, hey, there's nothing we can do about it now. We, we have to take a deep hard look at, you know, you know, some of the mistakes we made and why they happened and correct them, you know. And, again, uh, I think he was um, solvent enough in his mind to, to say, you know, tonight, um, you know, that, that when you break it down, that, that six minutes uh, has to get cleaned up and we're going to do that in practice. And, um, you know, the new season now begins. But, you know, again, from, from even Cam Rowe never being in that position as a goalie, you know, he – I think would like a few of them back. We got we again. We just we we sag back. Minnesota's fast. They they were coming. They were making plays. But 
when you look at it again on film and, and even in the game, there, there's definitely avoidable. So I think if you're going to lose a game and nobody wants to, uh, it was a good wake-up call because, you know, you you, you got to sit and look and say, hey, that can't happen again, and what do we do to prevent it? And uh, I think our guys are good enough. Now we got Inamoto back and Vorlicky, too, back in the point, as well as, you know, some forwards up front that need to get healthy. And we got, you know, several days here to get prepared for whoever we play in the NC2As. Yeah, I'll talk to you about that in a second. Uh, Richter, let's uh, bring you in again because we got to get the, uh, you know, I, can, I can feel like the, the suit you're wearing and the hair flow right now. It's inspiring <laughs> me. Barry, when you're out there and you take an L, that obviously uh, is a disappointment like that. How do you learn from it? How do you grow? How do you move forward from your playing days? Yeah, I, mean, I think, yeah, you know, Strobe's hit it on the point. I mean, it's really just you have to learn from it. You can't, uh, unfortunately, in the NCAAs, it's not four out of seven, right, in mm-hmm. NHL. So it's just you've got to be on top of your game, and you can't have lapses that, uh, you know, we saw in the second period. that There's a lot of standing around the defensive zone. There was just missed assignment, like blatant missed assignment. Centers going up to the D and leaving the guy down low open. It's just so there's just there's things you just have if you have to clean up. And um, so it was a, I, I'm sure it was, a, it was a little lesson learned. And uh, you know, and it just goes to show how hard it is. You look at the Penn State game and you see how hard they came out. And these playoffs, they're fighting for their lives. You know, Penn State had to went, roll the table to get an NCAA. So these are very intense games, and it doesn't matter. You know where they're ranked, where what their records are, because it's all about momentum. It's all about uh, you know gaining momentum and confidence within the game itself, and you can also lose momentum. So it's precious, and it's something that you you got 60 minutes. That's about it. So it's very very intense, and I'm sure uh, you know heading in, it's a good wake up call heading in the NCAA that you got to be almost like shift by shift, sort of on top of your game. So, Barry, um, in your playing days, and struggle you as well, but Barry, in your playing days, we, the research department right now is knocked on the window. They had a sign that says, we apologize. And they did find the error. Oh, so, so, so yesterday, tell RJ, tell the folks what the research department did yesterday. They found a tweet on before the championship game, and it said that in 1990, you guys won the regular season, faced Minnesota in the championship game, and then there was a string of tweets after that. It mentioned a loss to Minnesota. Well, going through that string of tweets now, they found that was actually 2007 semifinal oh. was the last time the Badgers played the Gophers in a conference playoff series. Gotcha. So they just didn't read. So the research department, Barry and Strobes, is apologizing, throwing themselves in the mercy of the hockey legends, saying we apologize for you know slighting Barry Richter and the team. We gave him the rest of the day off. So Barry, <laughs> going into apology, that, uh, boys, apology accepted for, on behalf of the 1990 team that beat the Gophers seven to one in St. Paul in front of a majority <laughs> Minnesota Gopher fan base. Um, yeah, Strobes, so were you there? Accepted. <laughs> I, I actually watched the game. Yep, uh, we had. Um, well, I, I'd, uh, I'd, I'm from St. Paul, so yeah. I, I definitely watched the game. Steve Steve Rollick, I think, was the MVP in that tournament. Uh, who was a St. Paul guy as well, and then because uh, yeah. we want to be clear, right? Dennis, you're, you're not from Minneapolis. You're from St. Paul. St. Paul. Yep. Yeah, you know that, baby. And then uh, Dennis Ned, a buddy of ours, mine and um, um, Barry's. I think he had two goals in that game. I remember Sean Hill bombing one from the point. It was complete domination in watching that game, and um, you know I was pretty excited. And again, I'm recruited then the following year to play at uh, Wisconsin, and that game was always in my head, saying, you know, I, I really like the guys in Cardinal and White. So um, it was a great game. It was a great game, and then obviously that team went on 
um, the Magnificent Seven, their seniors, were, were a really strong class. And um, I ended up playing with, you know, obviously a few of those guys and Doug McDonald and Dwayne Dirksen and Chris Nelson and Doug Kurtz. So, yeah, it was, it was a good game. And, again, uh, right now Ty Poulton Bice is wearing that 1990 sweatshirt that his dad uh, gave him. Sweet. And it's kind of been good karma for us. That's awesome, man. I, when I was watching the uh, the game against Michigan State when you guys won the, the Big Ten regular season, I was looking in the crowd and I saw uh, Pelton Bice's dad and my my wife works for his brother. And I'm like, is that is that Brad in there? And she's like, no, that's 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 his brother. I'm like, oh, that makes John, sense. <laughs> John, they look very close. They're, yeah. they're very. Uh, so let me ask uh, both you boys as we enter now in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you're you're in, right? Strobes like you, you win the Big Ten, you're in. Like you're already in. The yeah, field. yeah. I, I, I'm guessing Sunday the, the seeds will come out. I'm thinking we'll be a two seed. Not sure where we're going yet, but, you know, the NCAA this year and the committee, um, you know, has talked a lot about um, different parameters because of the pandemic. So, you know, financially, uh, you know, what's the best option for teams? Can they stay close to home? Uh, can some teams bust? So, you know, again, it's all speculation, but, I mean, you might see a, a four teams in Fargo that could be, you know, North Dakota, uh, potentially uh, Michigan, maybe Bemidji, uh, you know, a lot of Midwest teams, Duluth maybe, uh, Omaha could go there. And then, um, you know, I, I'm just not sure. But, you know, here's the bottom line. You know, like Barry said, we, we got to clean up our, our own end because, again, these games now determine, you know, uh, you're, you're done. You win, you keep going, you lose, you're out. It, it's basically a sudden death. So, you got to build it from the from the goal out, and guys got to buy in. Even our skilled forwards, the guys that want to score nine goals a game, they got to come in and they got to block shots. They got to have good stick position. They got to know their assignments, and they got to be physical to get pucks out of Rowan and to go north. Because there'll be two to one, three to two type games, maybe even one to one going into you know the third, and and then it's that you know one place separation of a bounce of a puck that you've created yourself. Um, you know, from doing the right thing and being in the right position. So I, I don't see these, you know, 6-4 type games uh, in the NCAA tournament happening. No. we got to buck down and play out of our own end much better. Strobes, I'm really curious here. So um, I don't want to call it like a humbling moment or a wake-up call, but it's something, you know, you win the Big Ten regular season, right? And then the uh, coach of the year comes out for Granado, and then you get the player of the year for Cole Caulfield, also the scoring champion, obviously. Um, I'm not saying anyone's buying in and reading their own newspaper clippings, but is was was the loss like an, is a springboard to get back to Noah's on the grindstone and start beating some ass out there on the ice? Um, you know, the, again, everybody has their own brain, and when those things happen, you know, do you do you sit and read your clippings? Do you sit and say, "Oh man, you know, I'm I'm pretty good." I I don't know. You know, that's each individual yeah. has to deal with that, uh, you know, their own way. But you know, again, I think it's our job as coaches to reset them, humble them. All that stuff is great, but in the end, you got to take care of the task at hand. And to me, the team that's going to win the NCAA championship is the one that has the most mental toughness. Everybody's been through adversity this year with the COVID, but it's a team again that's um, you know willing to pay a price and willing to you know have that extra effort. Whether it's a back check, whether it's getting a puck off the board to get it out of your own end, and you take a hit to the head or a, or a huge body check, um, you know you're diving for pucks to. Uh, you know, in the blue paint and in the other end offensively to, to pop one in the net. I mean, those are going to be the things that, that, you know, get down and dirty. And I think, you know, the individual accolades are all well-deserved uh, and, and the team success we've had this year. But to me, it means nothing if we don't win the national championship because that's the bottom line. We're right there. 
it's four games one at a time and um you know i think we're capable and i think again that two seed is in a good spot you know where we're probably going to be to sit and say you know what I hope no one underestimates us, but we're going to play our best hockey here to finish the year. Strobes, you're getting me pumped up, dude. I'm getting fired up over here. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Richter, when it comes to the Hobie Baker Award, are you gonna? can you call some people and just have them deliver it to Cole Caulfield right now or what? Just deliver it. I mean, we talked about it last <laughs> week. I mean, the, kid is, the kid's special. Um, you know, can't say enough about what he's done this year in terms of uh, his game has been a little bit stronger. But the hand-eye coordination, just super elite. I mean, it's just crazy how he's just he's digging pucks off the post left and right. And just And his hands, uh, in terms of how quick they are and how, how they move. And so it's just uh, it's really fun to watch as a, as a fan. Um, it's too bad, uh, you know, well, well, we'll watch him in the NHL at some point in time. It's too bad, we, you know, there's no fans in the stands that really appreciate how good he is. Um, to have 27 goals at this point in time, it's just uh, it's absolutely amazing. So... You know, and, he, and he's playing a little bit better defensively. I think that's something that's overlooked, you know, and I think Strobe's touched on it last week is that he's, he's definitely helping out defensively. And that, that gets back to the playoff hockey, right? I mean, it's, it's not like you have a series. It's not like you're going to go and play another series next weekend. It's, it's, it's one game at a time. It's, it's sudden death, basically. 60 minute sudden death game. And so, you know, that's where, you know, the boys are going to have to block shots. They're going to, they're, they can't cheat. They absolutely can't cheat. And I know the coaches, and it sounds like Strode to touch base on it a little bit with them. It's like, listen, who's going to be mentally tough and who's going to do the little things to make sure that they can play good defensive hockey? The goals will come, uh, as you can see on their power play. If they get on the power play, they're, they're deadly. So it's, be patient. You know, but make sure you take care of your own first, and then you'll get some goals. Yeah, uh, Strobes and Richter, before I let you guys go, now I know I, I did bring it up, Tony Granato won Coach of the Year. You got, you know, Cole Caulfield getting Player of the Year in the Big Ten. Strobes, I was saving this for you and you as well, Barry. Um, the news has just broke. Mark Strobel has won Motivator of the Year on these airwaves <laughs> here for Over the Line, and Barry, you've won Best Dressed of the Year as well. Can you give yourselves a round of applause, boys? Well done. Well done. Congratulations, Barry. Congratulations, bro. Wow, I, I didn't know that was coming today. I'm so humbled. Oh, man, I just want to thank everyone. I want to thank the committee, and I want to thank the research department. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Strobes, well, dude, I love that you came on. So Yesterday, we had some people like, well, is Strobel going to come on and talk about it? I'm like, hell, yeah, he's coming on to talk about it. Strobes is the oh, freaking yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, we're- we really appreciate you having us and being able to talk to your hockey all year, and I, I think Barry too, and 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 you, Ebo, and your whole staff. This has been awesome, and you know I think it's great for uh, the community too to kind of be back and and to uh, to get Badger hockey back on the uh, national stage as well as certainly the state of Wisconsin. So really appreciate the voice. You guys are firing people up. I got people coming out of the street saying, hey, when are they coming back on again? I got ushers saying to people, like, I love when you're on the airwaves. We got people all over inspired by you, too. So well done on you guys. And the awards are well-deserved, so well done. <laughs> well, let's go win a national championship, man. All the rings are the same size. Yeah. and bring number seven back to Madison. That's what I'm talking Here about, Strobes. My man. And, Barry, we got some Foo Fighters rocking for you on the way out. All right, brother? All right, boys. Well, you guys have a good one, and uh, we'll touch base next week. Yes, sir. We're not done yet. Thanks again. The gruesome twosome, double trouble. We salute you guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. There they are. There they are. That's that's that gets you fired up. That'll get you going in the morning. And I'm glad that we could award them best dress for Barry Richter and yeah. the ultimate motivator for Coach Strobel. Well, or Strobel, Coach Strobel, I just called yeah, him. Wow.
That's, that's, like, that's my line. It's all like yeah. Nelson now. For my guy Strobes. <laughs> all right, so let's talk a little Packers here. We're going to have our highly entertaining and pot-stirring guest, a habitual line-stepper like myself and Rowdy, Rob Reichelon from Forbes.com. He wrote a blazing article with, uh, with the headline simply is, uh, have the Packers made Rodgers a lame-duck quarterback? So we'll talk about that coming up with Robbie. But in the meantime, more financials have broken out about the Aaron Jones contract. I don't know if you saw this, Rowdy, but I'm, I'm sure you did. But Aaron Jones really has a two-year run left with the Packers. So without using the franchise tag on Jones, they essentially paid the running back the same as if they would use the tag on him on this year. And again in 2022, it's a four-year, $48 million deal that Jones signed on Sunday uh, before he hit free agency. Uh, but they say how it breaks down is essentially a two-year, $20 million contract that almost certainly would have to be blown up before March of 2023. So that's when the Packers would have to pay Jones a roster bonus of $7 million, followed by a base salary for that season of $8.1 million after reasonable salary cap charges the first two years, which is 4.475 mil this season, then 9 mil in 2022. Jones's cap charge would jump to 19.25 million in the 2023 season. The Packers essentially franchise tagged Aaron Jones. I mean, slightly above, but the Packers could move on from him after the two years, Rowdy. Yeah, I saw a pretty interesting tweet the other day that said, now with this Aaron Jones new contract, that on hook, the Packers are on hook next season to pay their running back duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon less than $6 million in base salary. Incredible. I think it was like $5.7 million that will be going towards the cap next season. So, Reading right, that's crazy. And good for Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst for really getting it done. Russ Ball has got that abacus just but, scorching. But what a lot of it means with with a lot of the restructuring and, and the extensions that these Packers are signing means that the Packers are really starting to uh, kick those contracts down the down the river a little bit, and it's, well, it's dude, going to hit in the next few years. You know who's going to hit big time when it does is Kenny Clark. You should look up Kenny Clark's yeah. contract because I think he's going to get like 20 mil. I think it's next year. Kenny Clark's contract is going to like bloat big time. So, okay, the Packers essentially, this is a two-year deal. Uh, we'll see what happens in the year of 2023. But so first two years, $4.475 million this season for Aaron Jones and then $9 million in 2022. Then the cap hit for Aaron Jones in 2023, his third year of the deal, $19.25 million. But check this out. If the Packers moved on, after two years of Jones, they would have to count six and a half million dead money, but they would ultimately save twelve point seven five million on their twenty twenty three cap, or sixteen million if they made it post June first cut. I mean, that's actually not that bad when you think about it. No, if you only have to eat six and a half million dollars, we were talking about or uh, pay him nineteen point two five. Yeah, we were talking about potentially having to cut someone like Preston Smith this season before he restructured, and they would have had to have eaten about. $8 million on that contract. Yeah. So you technically were going to eat more money on the Preston Smith contract than what you would down the down the road for Aaron Jones. It's Did you look up that Kenny Clark, by the way, or the research department? I have not. All right, we'll get the re- research department. Get on that. I'll, uh, I'll see if they're awake in there. But, yeah, the, there's their Packers are pushing all this money, like, back, 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 back. And there's going to be a point in time where it's all going to... But doesn't that, doesn't that seem weird? Because they're doing it, they're, but they're not... 
doing it for the biggest, most expensive player on the team. Yeah. They're doing it for everyone but Aaron Rodgers so far right now. They are. And we'll talk, we'll really dive into Aaron Rodgers coming with Rob Reichel. It doesn't make sense because if you want to go all in, Rodgers has to be one that you kick it down the road with, too. Because you'd save 14 to $17 million if you restructure his deal with Rodgers. Uh, no Hart yeah. Nelson on Twitch says, don't forget that the cap is expected to jump up the highest $250 million in a couple of years. So there is, so that's why maybe, oh, maybe if they it. start letting fans in the stands and they start uh, selling stuff out. But if we stay in this type of... Uh, yeah, then it's going to continue to... Just, it's going to stay stagnant. But yeah, talking to your Kenny Clark, 2022, so after next season... He's due just under $21 million. Man. The year of 2023, he's due just over $21 million. And 2024, he's due $22 million. Wow. That's his cap hits. Wow. Yeah, so there, I mean, that's going to blow it up. Um, so there's going to be a lot of contracts down the road where all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where's all this money happening or coming from? And Packers have done a really good um, with getting under the cap yesterday with the moves they have made. Obviously, the cap shrunk a little more than people... Well, at first, people thought it was going to shrink a lot. And they thought it was going to be too bad, but then it shrunk a little more than uh, second expected. Uh, but the, well, let's see here, Rowdy. Let's break it down really quick. I know we talked about it a little before, but we'll dive in. David Bakhtiari's deal, that was the first restructured. The Packers converted box 11.447 million roster bonus in 2021 into a signing bonus, allowing the team to prorate the entire amount over the final four years of his deal. So there's that. Uh, they saved $8.3 million in cap with that. They released uh, Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner. That saved them $8.5 mil. They had a pay cut for Devin Funchess. I mean, that was peanuts for cap, but you still got to save it. $750,000 around they saved. Uh, with you know, That's the same thing with the Adrian Amos restructure. Yeah, and then Amos was after Funchess, where cap savings were, to Rowdy's point, 750000 Then Preston Smith essentially took a pay cut. Well, he did. They had a cap savings of $7.25 million with him. They did a reworking of his deal, creating a very incentive-laden. Uh, so if he, if he gets – it's all on sacks, right? So if he gets X amount of sacks, he'll get this money. If he gets more sacks, he'll get this money. If he gets 14 sacks, that's the most amount of yeah. money he'll get. I think the incentive started at six sacks and went all the way up to 14. Yeah, so if, if you see him tap out at 14 sacks and he doesn't get any sacks anymore, it's because he made his, his all the bonuses – he could make. Hey, if he stopped playing at 14 sacks, I think I'd still be happy. And yeah. I think every Packer fan would be too. I would totally be fine on that. I would still want him to continue playing, obviously. But yeah, 14 sacks sounds nice. And then they restructured Billy Turner's deal. The Packers converted 4.425 mil of his base salary into a signing bonus and tacked on avoidable, uh, avoidable years to the deal, uh, helping the team spread over uh, out the cap over those years. They saved 3.56 mil. Then uh, the news broke yesterday. The Packers restructured Zadarius Smith's deal to help the Aaron Jones deal work. So the Packers of uh, Zadarius converted 9.76 mil of his base salary and all 5 mil of his roster bonus in 2021 into a signing bonus. And they're splitting the cap cost between 2021 and 2022. Uh, so that's saving $7.38 million. And then, then that's it. Then the next is like, okay, well, what's next? Because if you want to get free agents coming in here, Aaron Rodgers needs to restructure his deal, or they need to want to restructure. See, I don't know how it works. Does Rodgers want to do it? Do the Packers want to do it? Do both parties want to do it? Does Rodgers not want to do it? The Packers do, the Packers not. Does Rodgers, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know what's going on with the Rodgers deal. If they restructured his deal, it's anywhere from 14 to $17 million. Rowdy, you could get two really good free agents, pretty good free agents for that, that money, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, we've well look at what just happened with Aaron Jones being the top running back on the market. He signed for about twelve million, probably could have got fourteen. Yeah, JJ Watt, one of the better defensive ends 
on the market. He signed for about $12 million. Mm-hmm. So that $12 million-ish range is probably your best free agent. So you can get a lot of quality free agents for six, seven, eight million dollars this year. I mean, Patrick Peterson was ten, but that's an aging veteran that's more or less a name. But again, those are some of your top big named free agents that are going for ten, eleven, twelve yeah. million. You got you. You're going to have some nice players. You are that'll be available and so, that you can sign. So the team pushed. Let's see. According to Ken Ingles, the team has pushed at least fifteen million dollars into next year. Which means next year there's going to be more clap, uh, clap, cap clearing moves to be required uh, around this time in 2022. Now, I've, if they do allow fans back in and you know the revenue starts flowing a little more, you'd expect the cap to rise. But yes, yeah, so 15 mil has been pushed in the next year. Okay, man. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get uh, Rob Reichel on the horn here. Rob Reichel wrote this incredible article, as he always does, at Forbes.com. And the title is pretty simple. Did the Green Bay Packers make Aaron Rodgers a lame duck quarterback? God, I hope Fuller's listening. Get on this information highway, folks, because it's got to get bumpy with our guy Rob Reichel. I always love... uh, Nelly, he'll go into the because uh, Nelly and I are in the room together. There's another room to the my left, Nelson's right. It's a producer suite, and there's a big window and that I can look over and I can see. There's a mic in there, there's a computer, and there's a, a phone screener. And I love that when Nelly goes in there and he dials up Rob Reichel's number, I can just see Nelly grinning ear to ear, and him and Robbie are having the pre you know the pre pump up speech before we get on here on these airwaves to totally freaking rock it. And I can tell by Rowdy's face it's going to be a good one today. Rob, what's well, always a good one with Rob Reichel from Forbes.com. Robbie, what is up, my friend? Well, now it gets me fired up pretty good. I mean, it's it's, it's like for for you, Evo, it would be like a Mike McCarthy pregame speech, Ooh, right? Rob, a guy can only as, get as so excited as he's, as he's getting ready to face the Vikings or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's and that, Nelly gets me raring to go. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Nelly fires Rob Reichel up. Mike McCarthy fires me up as well as uh, Badgers associate head coach Mark Strobel. Nelly, who fires you up? Does Rob fire you up? Do you, is it the feeling mutual? Yeah. Does Mike McCarthy I, fire you up? I thoroughly enjoy talking to Rob for about four minutes before we go on. <laughs> what about Big Mike? And <laughs> nah, he doesn't really do it for me. You know, Rob, um, you had the internet fired up per usual yesterday. I saw a lot of people uh, commenting about this article you wrote. Uh, hell, I had a guest on at 740, our guy Grant Bills from WKTY in Lacrosse. Who does the Wisco Sports? He's like, yeah. And some guy wrote an article about Rogers. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. That guy's named Rob Reichel. <laughs> Robbie, I'm going to read the headline at Forbes.com by Rob Reichel. Did the Green Bay Packers just make Aaron Rodgers a lame duck quarterback? Ooh, Rob, the stage is yours. Well, it's fascinating, Evo, because they they needed to clear all this cap room right to get to the 182.5. By yesterday afternoon, which was what, what the league uh, set the salary cap at. Evo, they, they have cleared about $24 million in cap space since the end of the 2020 season. Not one nickel of it came from Aaron Rodgers. Mm. They, went to, they went to six different players. They went to Bakhtiari, Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, Adrian Amos, and Devin Funches, and they got various amounts from each of those guys. They got the most from Bakhtiari and the two Smiths. Um, 
Tebow, it would have been unbelievably easy for them to start with the quarterback. They could have picked up around $15 million and by redoing or restructuring his contract. Evo, by not doing anything with Rodgers, it leaves the Packers unbelievable financial flexibility to get out of his contract after the 2021 season and certainly after the 2022 season. If uh, if Green Bay would dump Rodgers after this next season, Evo, they, they, they would take a cap hit of about 17, which is substantial. But keep in mind, Jordan Love's only going to be making four, so you're not paying much then to the quarterback position. If they dumped Rodgers after the 2022 season, Evo, the cap hit is less than $3 million. And the cap's going to jump up 20 to $30 million next year the way it is. So what Green Bay has really done is they've given themselves now the next year to evaluate Jordan Love, get a feeling what, what they have in him, and see where this next season goes with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Evo, if, if they go 9-7 and seven and lose a wild-card playoff game, don't be surprised at all if Jordan Love is the starter in, in 2022. Um, if they if they reach another NFC Championship game and maybe want to bring the band back together for one more run, they could come back with Aaron Rodgers at the salary he's at. What they've what they've done, Evo, has left every door open for themselves at the quarterback position. And had they gone all in on Rodgers and extended him and pushed some of that money down the road, Evo, they would have make they would have been making a longer term commitment to him. So what the Packers, in essence did, Evo, is they chose not to make that commitment to Rodgers, and they made it to some other guys on the roster. It's fascinating. Wow. It's Robbie, it is beyond fascinating. Now, they still could get something done, correct? Like, they could still do a restructure for Rodgers, right? Is, is that, that's still on the table, isn't it? They, they absolutely could. I mean, but as we sit here at, what, 8.30 on March 18th, um, they have not. And, and, yeah. and again, Evo, I talked to a couple more people last night um, who said... The starting point in all this, you would think, theoretically, should and would have been Aaron Rodgers. It's, the interesting part is they went to six other players right. and got in, and found the financial freedom and flexibility without going to Rodgers. And that in itself, Evo, is telling. Um, you know, either either they went there and Rodgers shot him down, or they cho- chose not to go there whatsoever. That's the question right now. I'm not. I'm not sure what the answer is to. Evo, but either way, they didn't get a deal done. And so as you're sitting here on March 18th, um, you know, it's the, the possibility certainly exists that if Jordan Love has an impressive summer and shows them a lot um, between training camp and the preseason and, and maybe even some spot duty during the year if Rodgers gets dinged or what have you, Evo, that he could easily be the starter a, a year from now. Now, like you just said, Green Bay could, could absolutely still, you know, re, redo Rodgers and, and extend him. Um, if there's a couple of free agents they like and they want, you know, they need all of a sudden 10 or $15 million freed up, they could go to the quarterback and do it. But what, what's really wild is they didn't do that from the start, Evo, that they went all these different directions and didn't go in Rodgers' way. Well, Rob, it's like, okay, everyone wants to say Rodgers is a GOAT. Then there's like, well, actually, it's Tom Brady. He's got the rings, right? I see Tom Brady right away, even before all this stuff. Tom Brady's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to redo my deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have guys come back. I'm going to make sure they, the Buccaneers have flexibility. You know, Mike Evans is out there saying it. You know, I'm not to throw Mike Evans in. They're like, you can take some of my money. I don't hear anything about Rodgers ever saying, yeah, you can take some of my money. Well, and that's always been the narrative with, with both both Rodgers and Brady. I mean, even in New England all those years, Brady was always giving the Patriots kind of a hometown discount 
Um, and, and, and he was certainly playing for below market value. And what it did is it freed up Belichick to go out and, and, and sign a number of players that helped them win, what, six Super Bowls there in, in New England. And that's what Brady's going to re- be remembered for. I mean, at, at some point, Evo, right? I mean, to me and you, at least, what's the difference between, you know, $25 million and $30 million, right? I a mean, you and I probably couldn't find a way to spend it. I know it's different at that level, and it's, <laughs> it's certainly not our place to tell a guy to take a pay cut and give back some of your money. But, but when, when some of the guys in the league are doing that, Evo, um, who can clearly make more, all these years Tom Brady could have made far more money than he, than he did, and, and then you've got certain guys like Rodgers who aren't doing that, it does, it does handcuff your GM a little bit. All of a sudden now New England has a competitive advantage in terms of additional money they could spend all those years with a guy like Brady. Tampa Bay is going to have it now uh, when, when, when Brady says he'll, he'll play for less and, and Rodgers doesn't budge, for example, on whatever his particular salary is. So, no, you're right. They, they've never gone and done that with Rodgers and, and, and lowered that number and, and extended him at various points in time. You know, he's gotten extensions and things like that, but he's never jumped in there on certain years and said, I know you guys are tight up against the cap. You know, I can help you here or there. That, that, that's just something they haven't done with Rodgers. Rob, my guy, Rodgers, got a smirk yeah, on his face over I don't here. know, Rob, but I don't know about you, but there might be some weird Hollywood rooms that you can get into with that extra five. <laughs> I, I I am sure that is that is the case, Ebo. You ever seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut? Is that where Rowdy's going? Yeah, there you go, Stanley Kubrick. You know, hey, hey, if you know if this thing still all comes back to rings, and my belief is that it does, anything you can do to be more of a team player is is obviously gonna gonna enhance your legacy in the in that direction. I mean, that that's why Tom Brady will will be the goat. I can't imagine anybody's gonna challenge him and. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is still a guy with with just one ring, right? So, yeah. um, and it's going to be difficult the way they're, the way they're structured to catch Tampa Bay next year. Um, I think Green Bay has done yeoman's work here in keeping the roster together, guys. And I and I think they're looking still like a twelve win team again next season. When when this all ends, it, it certainly appears the only significant losses are going to be Corey Lindsley and Kevin King. And and many would argue that Kevin King that that'll be addition by subtraction. I I wouldn't go that far, but but the lasting impression from Kevin King in the NFC title game obviously wasn't good, guys. But um, you know Green Bay is going to still win a lot of football games. Oh, dude, but, Rob, yeah, but not. But in terms of in terms of making themselves better to catch Tampa Bay, I don't know that that's going to happen, guys, because you know they're they're pretty much right smug, you know flat against the cap right now. So so going out there and, and finding an inside linebacker, finding a corner, finding a guard, things like that are going to be really tough. Man, so intriguing with uh, the storylines here of Aaron Rodgers. Our guy Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. Now, Robbie, I want to dive back into like Aaron Jones and some of the other moves made by the Packers, but let me ask you, when you look at the NFC North and Rodgers coming off that MVP season, you know he was a juggernaut last year. I do think he wasn't... Uh, inspired, a chip on the shoulder by that Jordan Love pick. But, Rob, looking at the NFC North right now, just quarterbacks alone, obviously you have Aaron Rodgers, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, and then there's a significant drop-off, Kirk Cousins, and then a little bit of a drop-off, Jared Goff, and then another (laughs) drop-off to the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Rob, are the Packers just going to clean up in the NFC North this coming year? Evo, you forgot about Timmy Boyle. Yeah, in Detroit now, (laughs) pushing Goff. Hilarious. Um, uh, no, I mean it, it, it's been a really good off season again, at least inside the division of the start of free agency for the Packers. Um, uh, Chicago obviously wanted to go all in and, and, and try to get Russell Wilson. That didn't happen. 
they they settled for a guy who probably should be a backup. Um, <laughs> hey, Evo Detroit might be playing a backup at quarterback, right? Mm. I mean, the Rams gave up on him, and and Kirk Cousins is what he is, and and and, and really, when you when you examine what the rest of those teams did in free agency. It's it, it's nothing that's going to blow you away by any means. I mean, amazingly, the Bears were in just as much cap hell as the Packers were, and and Detroit and the Vikings haven't done a whole lot that makes your head spin. I, I mean, I think I think Green Bay is three four games better than everybody Love in it. the division again, guys. And um, you know, it it comes back to you know how, how do you how do you catch Tampa Bay? How do you stay ahead of Seattle? How do you stay ahead of the Rams? How do you stay ahead of the Saints? Right? How do you stay? Stay ahead of Arizona and San Francisco teams like that because I mean, I, I guys, I think Green Bay is going to be kind of in that same boat they've been the last couple of years. Twelve, thirteen wins. Um, I guess thirteen because Lafleur is twenty-six and six, <laughs> and um, you know probably make a deep run again in the playoffs. But but can they beat uh, can they beat a Tom Brady in in the postseason when San Francisco is healthy again, guys? Can they can they beat that football team? You know Arizona's on the rise. Can they can they stay ahead of those guys? Um, getting Aaron Jones back, like you said, Evo is, is a huge piece of that puzzle, and I I was surprised by that move. And, and you know if you're a Packer fan, you you've got to be absolutely ecstatic because they might have the best running back tandem now in football moving forward with. With Jones and Dylan, but um, I'm glad you bring that up, Rob. You know, how about now, the deal though for Aaron Jones? I, I mean, a four-year deal essentially looks, looks like a two-year deal because God, in 2023, it goes up big time significantly for his cap hit. I could just see them what two years and then saying goodbye. Like, what do you think of this this deal, of Jones? Now, well, and maybe not say goodbye there, Evo, but it, and you're exactly right. The way that was structured is is the first two years of that deal are are certainly cap manageable for the Packers, and then the last two is. His numbers absolutely blow up, and he'll never see that money. That that that's fake money built into that contract to make the agent feel good about himself and and try to trick some people out there. And as he goes for his next, you say they fleece Drew Rosenhaus? Yeah, no, it, 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 it absolutely yeah. is, and I, and I guess Rosenhaus doesn't need to trick anybody. But you know, he, the point is, you know, when when those numbers balloon to nineteen million a year and things like that, which they do in the later stages of that contract, Evo. Uh, you know, Jones isn't going to see that money. What's, what's going to happen is they'll either be a restructure um, or Green Bay will just move on from him and take the minor cap hit that they would. I mean, the, the, it, it's really a two-year deal, and uh, you know, from a Packer side of things, which is, which is outstanding for them. And, and it's pretty good for Jones, too, and from the standpoint, Evo, that you know, he got a little bit more money than he would have if the Packers had taken him. Um, that tag number was a little over eight, and he's going to make about a million more than that in the first couple of years of that deal. So he'll get more than if the Packers had slapped a tag on him in back-to-back years. Now, I don't think he – I think he would have absolutely got more money, Evo, if he had said, you know, let's just say he had gone to Miami, you know, or, or to the Chargers or wherever it was he was going to go. I think he would have made more more money in another in another city. But, but he's a smart kid. He understands. You know that, that there's a lot of off the field stuff that comes with winning. Certainly in Green Bay, they, they've got a chance to chase the Super Bowl again. He's playing with one of the you know two or three best quarterbacks in the league. So you know that to me was a win win for everybody, and, and maybe more than anybody, a win for the Packers. Yeah, uh, Rob. One last football question before I let you go: What will they do at the center position with Corey Lindsley now going to the Chargers? Well, they'll have a few options, Evo. I mean, it's actually a you know the market is has a, a, a number of centers on it, the free agent market. And, and you're going to see here over the next week, as, as a lot of teams now have kind of 
kind of absolutely used all the money they had and gone out to, you know, the Belichicks of the world and, and did all their damage the first couple of days of free agency, you're going to start to see kind of a depressed market from, you know, it, it, it's going to be a buyer's market, Evo. There's going to be a lot of really talented guys sitting out there where the Packers could go bargain shopping and still find one of these centers um, out on the out on the street and, and, and get him for a year or two. I, I think, Evo, they'll draft a young guy that has potential, but, but I still think maybe the best chance of anything is Elton Jenkins moves over to center next year. Um, and amazingly, Evo, that could be an upgrade. And I, I think the world of Corey really? Lindsley, wow. I think Corey Lindsley is as good, as good as they've had in 20 years at that position. And he's a top two or three center in football. That just tells you how good Jenkins can be. And then maybe they draft a guard, Evo, uh, would be my guess. So you're looking at him in-house right now. I think the most logical candidate is Jenkins um, to, to slide over into that spot. Lucas Patrick has also played that position and would be an option. But, Evo, if, I mean, if, if, if they can get Bakhtiari back healthy by, let's say, November 1st, and, and now, you know, you're, you're set a tackle with Bakhtiari and Turner, Jenkins is your center, you can almost always find guards. They'll be fine on that offensive line. And, um, you know, they, they do have options, Evo. Let, let's remember, it's only it's only March 18th. Um, there's a lot of time to put together your football team. And, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, that offensive line will be really good again a year from now. Rob, absolutely love it. We're going to follow along on Twitter at Rob Rice. We're going to check the workout at Forbes.com per usual. Always that habitual line stepper, the pot stirrer, the realist, the truth seeker. But, Rob, before I let you go, Big Badger basketball fan. Will they win against the North Carolina Tar Heels tomorrow night, the 8-9 matchup? What do you say, kid? Well, you, you, you know you know my uh, distaste. Come on, Robbie. Williams, Come on, yeah. Robbie. <laughs> Dislike the man tremendously. You, you know what? I, I think they win the game, Evo. Yeah. What, scares me is, what scares me is if it's close because these guys just aren't close. Oh, it's going to be close, and, Rob. You know, I, I, they've got to find a way to win that by about 7 to 11 points. They, you know, or, 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 or you know, it, it, what's amazing, Evo, is they have all these 39-year-old seniors that can't close out <laughs> basketball games. It's, 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 it's remarkable. So so I, I, I like them to win the game, but I, I, I'm scared if it's a one or two possession game, which odds are it, it probably Rob, is. It's Wisconsin basketball. It'll be close. But they're getting the win. The Rob Reichel love reigns supreme. Robbie, we thank you for your time, brother. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Adios. There he is, Rob Reichel. Love that guy. It's good stuff right there. Is Aaron Rodgers a lame duck quarterback, Rowdy? Brewers had an off day yesterday. First one in a while. Yeah. Back at it today, though. Not on the radio. They're not on the radio till uh, Sunday. A lot of TV games, Rowdy. It is a TV game. Who do they got today? Uh, what was that again? Escapes. The memory escapes me right now. I'll just go uh, Google that quick. If it ever loads. Anyways, Brewers playing today. <laughs> Los Angeles yeah. Angels, there it is. It finally loaded. And then they got the Diamondbacks tomorrow. So Yeah, it's an FSN Wisconsin game. The Brewers, um, Garrett Mitchell has been turning a lot of heads for the Milwaukee Brewers. That was the first their, their first-round pick last year who never really got to do anything because of no minors. The Rona, he never really saw action. He has been crushing. He is uh, second in hits. Yeah, he was second in the, the Brewers team for hits behind Avisel Garcia, yeah, but he Garcia. hasn't had the amount of uh, at-bats that Garcia has. Yeah, so Garrett Mitchell just crushing. Are uh, you becoming worried, though? About uh, what? Not about the outfield. About Obviously, what? 
obviously Garrett Mitchell, they already reassigned him to the minor leagues, a.k.a. he's not making the big league roster. Yeah. You know who your top four outfielders are going to be. It's going to be Avisel Garcia. It's going to be Lorenzo Cain, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Christian Yelich. There's probably one of those few guys that are in contention for that fifth spot, which would be Tyrone Taylor. It would be your Derek Fisher. And um, I'm blanking on the other guy. Did, you say, did you say low Kane at all? Yeah, I did. Okay. But those, sure. those are the four guys that you know are going to make it. I'm starting to get a little alarmed. We haven't seen Lorenzo Kane yet. No, and Lorenzo Kane was making promises that he was going to be ready for opening day. Like opening, two weeks ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. opening day is uh, one, two, that's two and a half weeks away. So let's go another quick. Like, Locaine is that, not going to be that ready. Not alarming. It is. It is alarming. Because remember when they but first? There's the insurance policy, Rowdy, the younger, better version, allegedly, Jackie Bradley Jr. But the, what were we sold? We were sold that uh, coming in that Lorenzo Kane feels good, that he's he's looking good. Just had remember, to get his legs. Was, yeah, it was the first week back, and they go, "Oh, he's just got to get his legs back." Everything I was hearing was that no, he doesn't look good. He looks rusty. He looks like he's aged. He's a guy that didn't play last year. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, remember, it was supposed to be after that first week. It was, well, he's going to play against the Angels and not the Angels that, like, today's game. That was the Monday, that like, was, the second week of March. That was, I think, two weeks ago. Yeah, they said he was going to play after that Sunday day off. Yeah, Monday was going to be Guess his first what? game back two Mondays March ago. March 8th has came and gone. He still hasn't played a game yet. It's now March 18th, like you said. Was that last Monday, the 8th, or was it the 1st? Of March, whatever it was, he still not there. It was the eighth. It was the eighth. Okay, so he's still not there. Week and a half. But yeah, it's been a week and a half since they said he was going to be playing. Still haven't seen him. Have you even heard anything about him? All you've heard since then, or since the day he was supposed to play in a game, was well, actually, he's still got to get his legs under him. You know, we we still feel like he could possibly make it to opening day. And then you have Lorenzo Cain saying, "Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll be ready for opening day." But you have David Stearns and you have Craig Council saying. Yeah, we hope he's ready for opening day. They don't sound near as positive so, as Lorenzo Kane does. I just went to uh, ESPN.com, and I clicked on the Milwaukee Brewers, and you look at the stories, and I have to go all the way down to 22 days ago is the last big piece on Lorenzo Kane. 22 days ago, and the headline was, Brewers Kane doesn't regret opting out in 2020. That's you know la- why he that's the last thing you heard. You know why he doesn't regret opting out of 2020? Because he got paid. Because it's Major League Baseball and money is guaranteed. Yeah, like that's you got why to, you got to find this. You got to spend more time with his family, which is rare for a Major League Baseball player, and he got some money. So I mean, good for Kane for being the family man. But now it's you know back to playing ball. It comes with the territory, right? When you are a professional athlete, you got to produce. And well, right now, what's he's not doing anything? Baseball is a different animal than football, right? He might be regretting that decision if he comes back here. Doesn't perform, looks really rusty, but he took 2020 off, obviously, because of the COVID-19 and the uncertainty and all that stuff. But if it was like football, where all of a sudden, say, his dead cap this year, he's getting paid $60 million a year, but his dead cap was only like three or four million. Yeah. Brewers might easily eat that. <sighs> well, okay. But it's guaranteed, so it is, they yeah. have to pay him. So... That's the ins- is was Jackie Bradley Jr. the insurance policy? Like, hey, we don't know if Kane's gonna be ready. Let's get a guy that you know. A See, one- like it's, you it's can, a two year deal, but it's essentially a one year like deal. You can spin it that way that he was the insurance policy, but I feel like in the back of their minds, Craig Council and David Stearns, they know that he might he might not be the insurance policy. He's just the starter. 
Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. like he's the guy. He's not the, the the insurance policy. He's the guy. He is the guy. Because when you when you really look at the two players, they're both great in the outfield. Jackie Bradley Jr. is one of the best out of anybody in the outfield. Yeah, he's a beast. Jackie Bradley Jr. is Gold Glover. four years you know, Logan got a four Glover. years younger. Jackie Jackie Bradley Jr. has been a streaky hitter at this point in his career. At thirty one, he's coming off one of his better uh, statistical hitting seasons where Lorenzo Cain's coming off one of his worst in 2019, and he's only gotten older and taken a year off. I mean, I really don't think he's the insurance policy. I think he was the guy. I said it from the start. You did. I I have big red flags on Lorenzo Cain. That was back in February. Well, it was, what was, uh okay, so since he came back to spring training, it was, well, he doesn't have his legs. And then it was, oh, well, he just got his wisdom teeth out, so he's going to be shelved a bit. Then it was, oh, he's got a quad injury. Uh, we're gonna bring him back slowly. I I think that was the last thing he had was a quad injury, if I remember correctly. And now it's Jackie Bradley Jr. coming in. Jackie Bradley Jr. is like, hell yeah, let's get her, let's get her going. I'm telling you, I would have tried to have traded Lorenzo Kane in 2020. Yeah, I mean he's still a brewer now. I mean, and his value of anything has just obviously gone down. But well, that's the thing. Now he's becomes harder to move because you you're talking about a center fielder that's going to be closer to 35 years old and you're talking about a, a player that hasn't played now in a year he's making 16 million dollars yeah. you haven't seen him in spring training and you're already halfway through spring training and they're talking about well his legs might not be ready yeah, so what do we hear about everyone else it was you know christian yelich is looking a lot better than he did last year you have uh jackie bradley jr you know the younger locane who's turning some heads once he gets here into spring training and then a trim down abby sal garcia is proving his worth in a crowded milwaukee brewers outfield and then you got some of the other, you know, the lower level guys that are like, okay, they do plays here and there. The only thing you hear about Locaine is not positive news. Well, that's the thing. You, we talked about all these guys that were candidates going into the season for the Milwaukee Brewers that were candidates for bounce back years because they did have down years and they did have weird, you know, freak, freak stuff that happened. It was a 60 game season. Freak it. Every single guy that I've been watching so far this spring. I am I am positive about I I like what I'm seeing I I feel good about having a bounce back year or at least a a decent season. Lorenzo Cain's the only one that I'm more worried about than ever. Yeah, that well, he's Rowdy threw a really interesting idea up on Twitter. Yeah, welcome to the show. Is this Terry for the North Side? Oh, the King of the North. What's up, brother? Well, you, you, as far as Jackie Bradley Jr. is concerned, Nelson, what were his batting stats last year? He batted in the two eighties last year. He was okay because I was thinking he was uh, definitely a better glove than a bat. But if he had the two, is that his career average pretty no, much right no, no. in there? His career average is down much lower than that. I think he might be like a career two hit two forty hitter. But don't quote me. I can bring it up real quick though. But I know last year he hit in the two eighties. I know his glove has always been solid. I no, mean, he gold Glover, baby. You know, without a question. But as far as King goes, uh, you know, taking a year off makes a big difference, guys. And um, I'll tell you, if you see it happen all the time in football. When you take a year off, you're never the same again. Yeah, you kind of go, boom. And what's up with all these this therapy going on nowadays, Evo? My God, Bo Ryan, now the Houston quarterback. What's up with these massage parlors? What's going on? Oh, Deshaun Watson? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think Robert Kraft was really blazing some trails there, and they wanted to get it. I don't know what's going on with that, Terry. It's uh, very hey, peculiar. Patriots made their move too early on Cam Newton. They should have waited and put put a big offer in on Deshaun. Because what I saw, two two were accusing Deshaun Watson of inappropriate behavior at a massage parlor, but now, you said it was up to six now? Yeah, now supposedly there's six. I hear that uh, that was part of the trade, that, that Watson wanted to be traded to the Bears, that they had to bring two or three of those girls along with him. Very very bizarre, Terry. Uh, you know, you wonder what uh, 
What happens? Well, Terry, I found it. Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. career two thirty nine hitter last season batted two eighty three. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I know that uh, his glove has always been. Um, he made some great plays in the World Series for Boston a couple of years ago. And uh, without a doubt, his glove is going to help you. I was, I was questioning his bat, though, but it, if he comes back his close to that 280, um, I think you guys will like him a lot. I th- honestly, oh, Terry, totally, to yeah. be completely honest with you, I think if uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. can be one of the better goal, uh, gloves in the outfield and hits around 250, I think the Brewers would be ecstatic. Well, he's definitely your best glove you got out there right now by far. You don't get anybody else that can compare to him. Yeah. Terry, we're hit, uh, up against the break, man. So always a pleasure to hear from the King of the North. Have a good day, guys. See you, buddy. Real quick before we're out of here, I love this. So remember, it was like last week we were talking about the fallout of Jeremy Jeffress of like, we're like yeah, what his the, agent. We're like, what the hell happened here? His former agent was like spreading some crazy stuff about him, and and the Nationals just straight up released him. And Jeremy Jeffress took to Twitter, and he said, uh, 17 hours ago, I'm not signed yet because every team thinks I'm a problem." When it's the opposite, I come to play baseball. I've come to become a family member of each and every player in that locker room. I ask every team I've been on, or ask every team I've been on. I'm close with every player. Uh, the fact that my ex-agent has ruined my chances of playing this season is killing me. I want to sign with anyone, but going home would be a blessing. You want to know the real me? Then talk to me, not bums. Rowdy says, quotes Jeremy Jeffers' first tweet about not being signed yet, and he says, how about this? To the Brewers for $1.2 million? Who says No. Rowdy, I say sign me up. Bring Jeremy Jeffress home. I, w- I think it's a great idea. We talk about uh, Travis Shaw signing that $1.5 million deal, and then if he made the roster another $1.5 million on top of that, this is the same thing here. It's buying low with someone that's uh, got a higher ceiling. We saw Jeremy Jeffress in 2017, 2018. Ballin'. Pretty darn good. Ballin'. Him, Hater. Knable in that bullpen was amazing. Now the guy is going to be, I believe it's his 34 year or 34 year old season. Still has a little bit in the tank. Doesn't have terrible numbers, and you can get him for cheap. I mean, he had just signed that Washington National yeah. deal for I think it was 1.25 million. All right, 1.2, 1 million, somewhere in that range. I think taking a chance on Jeremy Jeffers would be a guy that I would I would love the opportunity to, to take a chance on. He's had his best seasons, and when I talk about best seasons, I'm talking about as a player and a person. I know he's had a lot of uh, substance abuse and stuff like. He has he has brought himself back up, Rowdy. It's like a it's like a rebuilding process to be like, yo, look at me. I can I can overcome things and rebuild myself as but a man. He's on record saying it, and his performance shows it. You can look at what he did with the Brewers before they traded him to the t- to the uh, Texas Rangers, where he ran back into some substance issues. Yeah. Then he finds it finds his way back to Milwaukee, has another great year, great years, and, and it, he's even said it feels like home to him. He's got a good support system in Milwaukee. He likes the fans. He likes the area. That's where he believes is home. Yeah. Why not bring him home for cheap and and just like approve it one year deal? Because if you get peak Jeremy Jeffress, which I believe he still has a year, maybe he totally two. Does. Left, he got some in the tank? Left in the tank. You have another great reliever adding to that bullpen. If he if he f- flames out. Oh well, oh, well. You, you, I mean, it's nothing. Pissed away a million dollars. Yeah, it was nothing. Which, <laughs> I mean, I guess to for the Brewers, a, a more, isn't isn't that. But much. for Brewers, I mean, it's not that much for you know professional sports or baseball. Rowdy, bring Jeremy Jeffers home. We forgive you for the Chicago Cubs signing, dude. We forgive you for playing for the Cubs. Gross. It's an upside cheap signing. We do it. Let's do it.